it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. Devon Tate stays with him. Kale McCarr takes over off the dasher and down ice. Logan O'Connor, here he comes, short-handed. O.C., he scores! O.C.'s having a night! High slot in the Tampa zone. He'll leave it. Dylan Cousins trying to create a lane with a shot. Scores! The workhorse from Whitehorse in overtime! And the Sabres win it 3 to 2 with 3.14 to go in the extra period. 2 1. Swing and a high drive. Right center field. On its way. That ball is gone. Schwarber has gone deep again. A bomb to right center field. And the Phillies extend their lead. It is 3 0. That's awesome. I mean, I think we had a bye weeks way different than ever, you know, anywhere I've ever been. But I'm away from Coach Rule. We compete in everything we talked about, you know, just iron sharpening iron. Our guys went out every single day that we practice. And sometimes they can be a lull in the, in the off week, but this is one of the best off weeks I've ever been a part of as far as uh, the detail, the practice, the competition, uh, guys being locked into it. It was really neat. It was a good week. Good morning and welcome in to Hurt At Sports Radio. I'm Ravi Lula, Andrew Rogers. Howdy. Here with me as well, Shane Schillerberg producing. We are live on AM590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, as well as Twitter, YouTube, all of the places on the internet where you can find things. I mean, that's pretty much right. <laughs> Not all the places. <laughs> all the places on the internet where you can find G-rated things. There you go. <laughs> um, you can find us. That's Twitter, YouTube, podcast. Well, I don't know. I haven't been on the dark web much lately, so I, I don't think there's a lot of G-rated stuff on the dark well, web. Well, I, I don't know if Robbie <laughs> and Rod are on the dark web or not. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. My brother's name is actually Raj, but it's R-A-J. So, oh, really? So when you say Robbie and Raj, I was like, I'm... <laughs> Raj, like, where are you at, bro? Where are you, bro? <laughs> yeah, I, I made that my name today. I there feel like go. I'm changing my StreamYard name every single day. Well, yeah, earlier in the week, you were the bad beats uh you, you were your bad beats on the <laughs> yes, thing there uh, thank you chris Kreider. uh you know it, it happens to the best of us uh we've got or just me i was mostly because you, you're a little bit of a degenerate <laughs> like a little bit 
No, I'm in a I'm in a football pick'em with a couple friends, and you know, buy buy each other like a bottle of booze or something at the end of the season. So it's very low stakes, right? Um, but I started off terrible this year in the pick'ems, awful. And I'm I'm trying to dig my way out of the hole, but man, I have so I, I have I'm not quite on the same degenerate train as you, but I'm watching these games and you know watching these lines, and I'm like Kansas, why you have to give up that late touchdown? And uh, we're uh, we're struggling out here. Yeah, my pickums. Uh, I feel like I've told you this already once before, but if not, I'll I'll just quickly remind you. I've gotten second place in my NFL pickums yes. three times now. Yeah. In six weeks. Yeah, that's rough. That is ridiculous. And I've also scored the lowest amount of points. <laughs> In total, <laughs> one week of 49, which is ridiculously Not low. Not good. So I am on the struggle bus. I'm on the struggle bus when it comes to my, my NFL pickums. But, um, you know, it, it's 7.03, and I think the Phillies just homered again. I think they may have. Yeah, that was a bit redonkulous. <laughs> Their offense right now is redonkulous. It really is. I I mean, and I, I like to see it because, I, I, you know, I'm kind of – bandwagging a Rangers-Phillies World Series right now because um, nobody wants to see the Astros. Nobody will see that at all. I'd be okay if the Diamondbacks made it. But they just don't look good enough. Their offense, to, it looks abysmal right now. Yeah, it doesn't look good. Also, it just it gives me an incredible amount of joy to see them struggle um, <laughs> because they're just world-class a-holes so <laughs> I'm, I'm really pleased to see them uh to see them struggle i don't have any dislike for the diamondbacks it's just i like i said earlier in the week i kind of i have a an admiration for the phillies fans mm-hmm. that i have a lot of people do yeah you know they get a they get a hard time because they can be a little harsh but um you know i i kind of i respect the passion mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I'm, I'm kind of on the, that Phillies bandwagon a little bit. Now, I don't know who I'm going to root for if they play each other in the World Series. It's going to be tough for me. I'll probably go Rangers because of the Creed connection and my uh, sure. my Nathan Evaldi love from his sure. time with the Red mm-hmm. Sox. But um, it's going to be tough for me. I will probably cheer for the Rangers because they haven't won. That, yeah, that's that would fair. That would be the reason that's why a good I, one too. I cheered for them. Um, however, the Phillies won what, 08? Yes, yeah, yeah. they won with Roy Holiday. Yeah, and like Cole Hamels, Cole Hamels was, was pitching. Yep. Yeah, um, but as as somebody that like has or is a part of like a fan base that like loves themselves, sure, right, St. Louis fans, sure. That's kind of what Philadelphia is too. Oh yeah, they're very proud of their own fandom, and you well, know, with good reason to be fair. Yeah, in both cases, yeah, I mean, they're, in, it's in a both good cases for sure. Um, but I, I don't know if I can, like, morally root for a fan base that's just like mine, right? You know, because yeah. they mirror each other too much. It's like, that's like rooting for your arch rival. <laughs> so if I'm in Nebraska, I'm rooting for Iowa every week that they're not playing Nebraska. Ooh. Like, I can't do that. Yeah, I think it's a little different than playing Iowa. Because, like, the – I don't – I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here. Do the, the – do the Phillies and Cardinals have any sort of like natural rival? Like, is there? There's not a lot of history, no, there, right? No, I. I mean, we've played each other in sure. no, uh, postseason, no, yeah, uh, but nothing before. like particularly no. contentious. But when it comes or, to like one fan base against another, and there haven't been like oh reports out there yeah. like oh my gosh, Cardinal fans hate Phillies fans and vice versa. But when we're talking about like who's the best fan base, mm-hmm. like if you get into that conversation, they get put together those two, so teams. it's more of a fan base rivalry yeah. than an actual team. Yeah, so rivalry. I don't want to root for the team then. 
Ah, oh, that's fair. Although I will say, I think part of the reason I am drawn to the Phillies is because I feel like Nebraska fans are pretty proud of themselves. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, you got like the sellout streak and like the through these gates, walk the greatest fans in the world, that whole thing. And so obviously Nebraska fans take a lot of pride in their fandom. And I think I see that a lot in Philadelphia. And you just, I, I kind of just appreciate it. It's a different sport, right? So yeah. It's easier and, to... and, you know, one of my best friends back home is a huge Phillies fan. Yeah. Like, massive Phillies fan. So, uh, you know, anytime I can root against him, I'm in. <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird. Like, when my team's not in it, I've started rooting for my fa- my friends' teams. Like, especially if I don't have yeah, a conflict. can't do that. If I don't have a conflict can't at all. Can't do it. I, uh, I kind of am like, ah, you Like, know. he's a big Avalanche fan, too. We'll never root for the Avs, ever, yeah. in a million years. If I don't have a direct conflict with my team, I'm like, Oh, yeah, man. I, I mean, there's. Be happy. Mm-mm. Not me. <laughs> not there yet. <laughs> not, not me. The, not that level of feeling. Like, no, no, because you he's not going to root for the Blues. Right. Right? And he's not going to root for the Cardinals. Well, you know. So I'm not going to root for his teams. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. his favorite color is maroon? I mean, is that, I mean I'm Pat Maroon? Yeah. Yes. Maroon 5? Yes. Adam, Adam Levine? Levine? That was Uh-oh. weird. <laughs> uh, I don't no, know if there's I, any... <laughs> I will say I do. I freaking love those powder blue uniforms the Phillies wear too. The Cardinals wear those too, Ravi. You can say that too. Yeah, but they're not in it right now. <laughs> yeah, there it is. See, that's why I don't like you. That's why I root against the Warriors. Also, how dare you? Also, I mean, so the the Red Sox and Cardinals do have history. Yes. So yes. like it's you know. Red but Sox you know and what? Phillies don't really have. History. I'd probably find myself rooting for the Red Sox over the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because they're in the AL. I do kind of like Kyle Schwarber. He had a quick cup of coffee with the Red Sox, so that makes me feel good. I just yeah, like rooting very for, quick. I, listen, it was fun, though. I don't I, think he finished his cup. No, so he – I think it was when he was coming off the ACL with the Cubs. Mm-hmm. He ended up signing with the Red Sox in the offseason. He only played, like, the second half of the year, but I really enjoyed his time with the Red mm-hmm. Sox. I had a good time. It was in the, I think that was 2021 when he had a uh, – when they had kind of that postseason run. The last time they had a postseason run, stupid <laughs> management and trading Mookie bets. Oh, who's that? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. I do like Kyle Schwarber, though. And I miss J.D. Martinez, too. So that. your ideal World Series, then, is Phillies-Rangers. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I think I would end up rooting for the Rangers. A, as I mentioned, Nathan Evaldi, Creed. But also, I do... Them having not won it is yeah. I like I, I like breaking droughts. Sure, you know I would really love to see the Guardians win it at some point because mm-hmm. they're, I mean at this point they're pushing they're they pushing the opportunity that. to shut down the Cubs. I know. Well, they're I mean not just that, but like you want to go back to '97 against the Marlins. That game that mm-hmm. series slipped through their fingers in Game Seven. Um, obviously, 2016 with the Cubs. I think there's another one in there too. In 07, they had a 3-1 lead in the ALCS against the Red Sox, and they blew that. Um, yes, they did. You know, like, they've had good teams over the years and haven't been able to get over the mm-hmm. hump. So, uh, 95 against the Braves, that was a really good team with, uh, like, Albert Bell and Manny Ramirez, like a young Manny Ramirez on that team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jim Tomey was on that team. Like, that 95, uh, uh, it was Indians at the time, that 95 Cleveland team was stacked. Like, they were really good. When was Grady Sizemore? So that's late 2000s, I want to say. So I want to say it's like 07 That dude was like one of my favorites dude, to play with in video games. He was so good, but he, I mean, the injuries killed him. He had such it. a short-lived career. It was brutal because he was so good. 
Um, and I just have an affinity for center fielders. Oh, so. yeah. And he had – when he was – where my, like, love affair comes from with Grady Sizemore. When he was right. That dude's a baller. Yeah, so he was a rookie in 04, but his peak years were 07 – or 06 through 08, so, like, mid to late 2000s. Has Angel Hernandez umped any games yet? Because he wasn't in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Because I remember reading an article yeah. saying that he wasn't going to taint it. But has he been? I don't think so. Has he been umping any games? I don't think. No, so. no. Well, never. The only reason I ask that is when I haven't heard any controversy, so I assume he <laughs> yeah, hasn't. Right. <laughs> I uh, I was I was coaching when I I'm going to go back. People, some people know, some people may not. I was coaching fall ball here in town, mm-hmm. and I was out. Well, and a lot of out of town, but yeah. And a lot of out of, <laughs> Well, I was coaching out of town. I was I was practice. It was all based in, town. in town, right? Yeah. So we were in Kansas City one weekend, and I can't remember who I was talking to. Oh, it was it was one of the umps, one of the umps that was at the game, and uh, he, he was talking about how Bryce Harper's this unbearable baseball player, um, just can't stand him, horrible to umpires. I'm like, yeah, you know that may be, but some of them have it coming, <laughs> <laughs> and he's he like started arguing with me. On, like, this is during play. When I say arguing, like, back and forth about um, how umps are always right. Yeah. I'm like, whenever, whenever somebody says they're always right, that's when I know that. You're full of it? Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's always you, right? You live in La La Land yeah. if you think you're always right. Not the movie. Unless uh, my fiance says she's right, and then I'm like, yeah, you're right. You, you uh, nailed it. Sorry. <laughs> you got it, babe. <laughs> but so he, he, he goes, no. Uh, the the ball player is always wrong. I'm like, um, okay, well, t- tell me how Angel Hernandez it has become the most hated umpire in baseball and um, also one of the worst umpires in baseball over the course of his career. And he's like, actually, Angel Hernandez is top five in accuracy. No. Top five in accuracy? He's actually not. There's real numbers on that. He goes, yeah, look it up. I go, where? On umpire scorecard. So I look up umpire scorecard, and I, I, I have it pulled up in front of me. And it says his accuracy is 92% on here. Mm-hmm. No way that's possible. Okay. No way, right? His expected accuracy is 94%. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to understand this because this is all the website gives me. It's four of these little line charts. Yeah. That's it. Right, and then it shows like his statistics uh, from when he started um, to where he is today. And so I'm like, huh? So I'm like, I'll do a little more research. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to trust one, no. one, one source. So I go to Wikipedia, right? Because yeah. everyone knows Wikipedia is uh, lock stock, right? Absolutely. I'm going to read you this one little paragraph. Okay. During the 2016, 2017, and 2018 seasons. Hernandez's calls at first base were overturned in 14 out of 18 video reviews. Cool. For a 78% overturn rate, yeah. exceeding the 60% overturn rate for all first base calls by all umpires <laughs> during that time period. You're going to sit here and tell me that dude's a good umpire? Yeah, no. You know what? caused the downfall of Angel Hernandez? What's that? Technology. Yes. When you could go back and review something and challenge a call. Yes. That is what put Angel Hernandez in his grave early. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, without that, what happened before video review? Nothing. 
You could go out there and argue. He could toss you, but nothing's going to change because you can't review the call. Yes. But now because you have all this technology, and, and I'm not going to say that the box that is above home plate is 100% accurate either. Right. But it's pretty close mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be there unless it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. The amount of times he misses pitches yes. that are not barely off the frame, but probably half the width of your bat off the frame. Yes. There's a problem. So here's part of the issue with the numbers on umpire scorecard with Angel Hernandez is even though we, as we saw there, his first base calls are also atrocious. Those are much easier calls to get right. And those count towards your umpire scorecard. Like, 18 calls or 18 reviews over three years is not very many, right? So most of those calls are open and shut cases. Right. It's like clearly out, clearly safe. Right. Those count as accuracy towards that's what I, and, and, and that's a great point. That's a great thing to add in there because every single call you make in a game goes towards your towards accuracy. The scorecard, right? So a ground ball to third base, if Yadier Molina's running to first, yeah, that you basically beat by, walks. Yeah, you beat by half the length of the baseline. And he calls right? him out. That's, that that goes to your accurate, accuracy right? score. But if, if – there's and I think there's a place and I can't find it right now where it only judges his balls and strikes accuracy as a behind the plate umpire. That's where it gets really really bad because he's one of the worst in the league at that. Is he better at bases? Yes, because most of the calls at bases are very easy. Like most, let's be totally real here. Most calls at a base are not close, and you and I can make those calls with no problem. It's the balls and strikes that Angel Hernandez gets himself in trouble on. Because his strike zone is not just inaccurate; it's also like floating. Like it's like, oh, this is a strike today. This is a, this is a strike in inning one. This is not a strike in inning three, and it's all over the place. So, while I appreciate the work that places like Umpire Scorecard do, it's not an accurate picture of the complaints against Angel and, Hernandez. You know, I don't know exactly how that website's measured, uh, but uh, one of our listeners. <laughs> I'm going to read his name, Bald Book Tuber, I'm assuming. Yeah. That's what that is. Uh, he said, I'm talking about two different things. Umpire scorecard measures balls and strike accuracy. The overturn calls on base aren't measured. Okay, well, if that is true, then, um, you know, I, I feel like we need more statistics to tell me why Hernandez is good then. Going back toward my conversation with the umpire. Yeah. Right, because if you are just going to base it off of what he does behind the plate, well, that's not what an umpire does Every single day. You move to first, you move to third, you move to the middle, you're behind home plate, right? You yeah. always are shifting around. So that goes in totality. So maybe if, if I am incorrect uh, because of the balls and strikes, which, you know, I'd have to do more research now to see how accurate he is on balls and strikes if umpire scorecard isn't mm-hmm. 100%. Hey, this, he got it right 92% of the time, whatever. Uh, you, you have to factor in everything else. Yes. Because an umpire isn't just one thing. It, you, yeah. you wear many hats as an umpire. <clears throat> yeah, and, and I'd you got to be right. I'd have to get into. But he did add in Andrew or Hernandez sucks. Yeah, so. no, he's he's the worst. I mean, he he's brutal. Um, I'd also need to see it in comparison because I don't think ninety two percent is a good number. Like I, I, if I'm well, especially since he's been umping since the late nineties. Yeah, he's not new with this. So. Two percent is is probably a decent gap. Well, and, and I think the best umpires are in the like mid to upper nineties. Are they? I think so. I I'd have to check on this because I I didn't see a place where you could see the top umpires versus the uh, bottom ones here. Okay, here here I'm gonna read this. 
Next next paragraph, okay? okay. And maybe this can uh, go more toward the umpire scorecard argument. On April 8th, 2019, Boston U published a study on 11 seasons of Major League Baseball data, almost 4 million pitches analyzed to determine the accuracy of balls and strikes called. The study found that Hernandez performed stronger in 2018 than his average for 2008 through 2018. He averaged 19 incorrect calls a game or 2.2 per inning. That seems pretty high. Okay, so I, even I, with this high error rate compared to his peers, he performed better than others across the list in 2018. Okay, so I've got numbers here on on umpire scorecard. I figured it out. Wait, okay. during spring training in 2019, Hernandez claimed he got four calls wrong per game, but the study showed that his error rate was almost five times higher. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here here's the real numbers. Okay. Angel Hernandez at 92% has the second worst accuracy rate oh, well, there you go. of all of the umpires studied in on umpire scorecard. And he's got the second worst differential between his accuracy rate and his expected accuracy rate between that 92 and 94% that you talked about there. So, yeah, 92% is bad. That's a bad number. <laughs> That means he misses almost. So, so what you're telling me is the ump that was trying to argue with me saw one stat, saw 92%, just thought it was good. And did not take context <laughs> and off. And did the not best, go into it at all. The best umpires are about 96.5%, and they're a three to four and a half points above their expected accuracy. Mm. So there is a large gap. So, so he not only Hernandez. sucks behind the plate. Yes. He sucks in the field. Yes, he is – the second worst umpire behind the plate in the league. Only Scott Barry is worse. How do you, so what, what does how he do you need? keep your job? So what uh, does he need? Does he need glasses? Does he need to? Actually to do it the when league. the lights are on, right? He should turn the lights on. That might help. No, it's uh, he needs to leave the league. But they can't fire him because the umpires, like, the umpires, like, uh, agreement. Yeah, their union agreement is so strong, he can't, they can't fire him. And so all they can do is not select him for postseason stuff. That's about all they can do. They have to wait for him to retire. Man, can you imagine? Can you imagine showing up to your game not knowing who is the crew for your game, and then you get to the field oh, yeah. and you see Angel Hernandez and mm-hmm. you just go, "Well, we're screwed." Oh yeah, absolutely. The worst. Um, he is yeah second worst umpire in the league. You can thank Scott Barry for him not being the worst umpire in the league. It's good. <laughs> That's a, that's that's good company to keep, I think. There, <laughs> um, set up the show here real quick. Uh, a lot of umpire talk this morning. Yeah, thanks for letting me go down my uh, my rant rabbit hole. <laughs> it's all right. I didn't have that. I've on. been wanting to talk about that for a while now. I didn't have that on the bingo card, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, coming up at eight o'clock, we're going to talk to Brian Christopherson of Husker twenty four seven. At eight thirty, we'll talk to Kevin Suits of ten eleven News in Lincoln. Kevin. Nine thirty, probably our our farewell conversation with Joel Lorenzi. Yeah, wow. I'm excited Herald. for that, though, because, I mean, this dude, could you find a luckier guy on earth in sports? Like, he goes <laughs> to, like, a really good Creighton team, yeah, and now he's eight. going to a booming OKC team who has probably the best slash most draft capital oh, they've got the best. for the next seven seasons. Yeah, they've got the best draft capital for sure, not to mention they've already got a bunch of really good young players. So right. um, that's going to be really fun. We'll ask him both about Creighton and kind of I'm sure he's already started studying up on Oklahoma or uh, Oklahoma City as well. Um, he's going to cover the Thunder for the Oklahoman. And then we'll wrap up the show with our very own Avery Howard of Herd at Sports. Uh, at 945, 
Uh, at 9 o'clock, there's a – I want to do a, a little mid-season college football exercise here. Mm. Uh, I think we're going to give out our, our mid-season Heisman which is a very real thing and very important. People, mm-hmm. people are going for the mid-season Heisman. Yeah, it's a, real, it's a real certificate. Yeah, it is, a, it is a very real thing that we just made up for today. It is the mid-season um, coach sure. of the year, and we will also do our mid-season playoff seedings. Now, important here, we're not – Thing pre- to note. Thing to note. We're not predicting what's going to happen. We're saying if the season ended today – who would these people or teams be? Let's do it. So we will do that at 9 a.m. Plenty of room for you on the show as well. Call the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline, 888-638-4876. Got can, a new game today, too. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for the new game. <laughs> uh, we will play uh, a new game uh, at some point. Guess we'll, who? We'll see what time. Um, and then, no, that's the name of the that's game. That's the name of the game? <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited, like Doc Sadler. You can email me, Robbie, at herdatsports.com or Andrew at herdat.com. Got it. He's got that old school email address. I'm an OG. He's an OG. Uh, coming up next, we're going to get into, I don't know, a bunch of stuff probably, if I had to guess. College football, we already got, I think we got a lot of baseball in already mm-hmm. today. Connor McDavid was acting like he was on the Mighty Ducks last night. Yeah, he was just on a teacup ride. He was, he was just doing a little spinny spin on the ice there. All that and more coming up on Herd Out Sports Radio.